0: Hello and welcome to Tales from the Hooks season two. I am as always your host Case Kellher, otherwise known as Katie Cranes. Thank you for coming back for a second season. In this season we go even bigger, bolder, better than before. We've got a large range of guests from a large range of places telling their life story, giving their insights, and giving us things that we can think about and work on in the future. Stay with us, buckle up and enjoy the rides. Hold on tight for season two. This podcast has been very kindly sponsored by our friends over at Libra. If you want to find out more about Libra's products or brilliant innovations, please click the link at the bottom. On today's Tales from the Hook, we have the inspirational... Sue Munley. Sue has spent 24 years in the construction business. She has been recently named the most influential woman in construction. Let that sink in for a minute. A huge accolade. Sue is a multi-award winning senior woman in the industry. She is working currently as the head of temporary works for Multiplex, She's passionate about women in construction and passionate about PPE and passionate about making that all important change. Everyone, welcome to the podcast, Sue. So welcome, Sue. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Firstly, I want to congratulate you on your recent awards. So you won the local Southern Hero Awards. Always my hero, by the way. And the most influential woman in construction, which is a biggie. And that was the NFB. And also shortlisted for the Lifetime Achievement Awards. Which I'm going to get the red <laughs> book out later for you and do This Is Your Life. <laughs> this is your life. But no, congratulations. Well much. deserved. Thank you for coming on my podcast. Um so I mean I'm going to ask you first, what's it like? I mean, because the most influential woman in construction, that's a hell of a title. What's it like to win an award like that?
1: Yeah, the, everyone keeps asking me that. Um, everyone's like, do you know you're the most influential woman in construction right now? But it hasn't sunk in because I'm still the same person as I was before i won it. Yeah. Um, and, and I've got a lot of people t- telling me just own it. Um, so I guess I should just own it, but, you know, I think, you know, it's really nice that the industries recognize that, um, because, you know, when when I do stuff, I just want to, I want to do things as well as I can. Um, I want to make people the best that I, that they can be. Um, but I do it because I care and I want to, not, not to win awards, you know? So it's nice that the, the industries actually recognize that, but how do I feel? being that not sure yet because it hasn't
0: really sunk in huge accolade i mean it's a hell of it's it's a it's a hell of a title to live up to that's that's a that's a big one it's not just like i mean but even being shortlisted for a lifetime achievement award i mean that's pretty that's pretty massive as well so how many years have you actually had in construction three or
1: 24 um so it's a long time so it's quite, quite a chunk it is quite, and
0: did you, did you always, how did it start for you, Sue? So did you always want to work no, in construction? No, honestly, structure? I had no
1: idea what I wanted to do. Um, it, it was one of those things that I, I didn't know what I wanted to do as a career. Um, I knew I liked Lego. Uh, I when I, was a, when I was a child, I used to follow my father around. Um, if he was doing DIY, honestly, I'd pick up the hammer or... I'd pick up like a, a spanner or whatever, um, and and I'd watch him do stuff, and I'd just do the same. Um, so I knew I don't know whether I actually built anything or I just destructed uh, things. But um, <laughs> just you know, things. It, it's it's something that I was I've always been practical. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think as early on I I really didn't know. I took A levels, uh, didn't know what I wanted to do, so I took a, a broad selection of levels um math physics and economics so i thought that math and economics would take me into business Ooh. should i would decide to go that route um yep. and then maths and physics would have taken me into sort of more engineering route um after that i guess i still didn't know what i wanted to do there was a friend of my parents who was the chief civil engineer of the hong kong government at the time uh, suggested that um I'd be a good engineer, Um, he did civil engineering, so because I had no clear direction, um, I couldn't pick any profession that I truly wanted to go into, because I didn't know, there's so many out there that, you know, I wasn't sure, so I thought, why not, so I took civil engineering as a degree, Uh, did it, love, did you go to school
0: in Hong Kong, so? I was just thinking like when you said about your your uh, your parents being friends with someone nice. in the Hong Kong government and I, I didn't think you did but when you
1: said that I was like No I didn't, I, I, did I studied uh, in the UK um, I went to Portsmouth University so did civil engineering and nice. in my head because obviously um, Portsmouth is like a naval town um, and I thought that in my head yeah. I thought, well, how cool would it be to be a hydrographic surveyor to survey the ocean. How cool is that? Um, that's what I thought. But I, t- I went to Portsmouth Uni because they had the a boat that went out on the, the river Solent. Um and I thought, cool. you know, I get to survey, you know, the the, the riverbed or whatever. I got on the boat. Uh, I've got no sea legs. Honestly, I was sick for three hours. Sick <laughs> as a dog. Three hours. Um so, I sacked that off. There was no way. You're not going to get me on a boat. I don't care about the ocean <laughs> just, uh, floor. You no, just you didn't give it a no, second I just, try. It was such a bad experience the first time. I was, I don't want to do it again. So, you know, when yeah. I graduated, so I did civil engineering and graduated, but I graduated when the UK was in a recession. And it was really difficult to get a job. I must have applied. 20 30 places and got the letters back saying sorry wow we don't have anywhere um we're not recruiting this year or you know something like that you know the usual um disappointment letter um and then an agency guy called me up and asked me if i would be an assistant engineer i was i was mortified i was absolutely mortified yeah because i've got a degree in engineering I've got a degree in civil engineering. I don't want to be an assistant. Yeah. I'm an engineer, you know. So in my head, I've got a degree, so I'm an engineer. So I said no. And then he was trying to twist my arm to get me in to, to be an assistant engineer. So yeah. I I said, OK, I'll do it. I'll do it part time. So I did it. Um, I said I'll do it you know, two, three days a week. And then put the phone down. Um, once we'd agreed that and then I just sat there and thought to myself what am I going to do for the other two to three days of the week you know I've just taken <laughs> on this role so I, yeah. I came back and I said okay fine I'll do it full time so that, this was like on the Thursday or the Friday and I actually started work on the Monday because I wasn't doing anything else so I started there three weeks yeah. later they offered me a position on their graduate scheme so oh, wow. I think, you know, for me, I got, I learned very early on how to be humble, right? I had to be humble, get off yeah. my high horse. You know, I wasn't, I, honestly, I thought I was better than <laughs> I actually was because when, when I started work, they asked me to do these things. I didn't even know what they were talking about. Yeah, because That's I don't really know the terminology. Right. People are asking me to do things. I was like, what is that? So, you know.
0: Is, do you think that's because it, when you did uni? So I'm I'm assuming you did what three years? I did a yeah three, years at, uni? three years at uni. Did you get any on-site I, I time during week. that,
1: or was it pure? All oh, right. Okay. So okay. Right. Uh, using all the setting out equipment, and then I guess once you've done that week, you you you're, um you experienced no. Um, So, but you're not, so, and then everything that you do is theory, and then you're trying to apply the theory into practice. Um, so yeah, I had to get off my high horse, um, I wasn't better than, you know, I, I, I was not, not as good as I thought I was, um, but I took the assistant engineer's role and that's exactly where I should have started, you know? Yeah, no. But instead of the chief engineer position you were hoping for, so <laughs> no, I uh, I wasn't even a site engineer then. I don't think I was. Uh, you know, I I did have to get off my high horse quite early on. Um, yeah, it, it it actually taught me to be more humble than what I actually was at the time. You mm-hmm. know, a little bit less arrogant, I guess.
0: You arrogant, never. No See. So you- <laughs> <laughs> no i'm joking sue is the least arrogant person you'd ever meet that was just a dig because actually outside of this me and me and sue are friends so i'm allowed to say stuff like that without again overly offended it's fine um so so you they offered you a graduate position
1: yes Very so good. i they they offered me a place on their graduate scheme to uh with all their other grads and I started um, working on HS1, so Channel Tunnel Railway in Kent, doing the Medway Viaduct and the bridges associated. So I actually started my career in infrastructure and rail bridges, which was really interesting. So I think in my career, um, I would say I've I've probably built 14 bridges, um, three stations, uh, now doing high rise um but yeah i started um back then uh, it was a different time i was actually the only female on site it's quite daunting really
0: what was yeah what what was that like let's let's explore that a little bit what what was it like being the only female on site
1: i didn't think anything of it but obviously yeah. you realize that you are the only female um so you know i think for me whatever whatever the guys could do I, I, I could equally do. I always had that mentality um yeah. that I was just gonna do it. Um but, you know, realised that that, you know, I I I feel like I did read more. Um I did spend a bit more time, you know, trying to understand what was going on. Um I I I guess for me, yeah, I didn't I didn't really feel any different yeah um i did when i was on site obviously being a site engineer you have to carry um the you know edms which is like your surveying equipment and that stuff's quite heavy um so i think at the, the early stages of my career obviously that's my role i'm going out i'm setting um the points out for people to build to um and doing all of that so that's my kit i get to carry that kit so even though it's heavy, I'm, I was determined to carry it myself. But when I used to walk across site, the guys used to come up to me and ask me if they could carry it for me, because it is quite heavy. Um, yeah. But I was just like, no, I'll carry it. It's my kit, yeah? <laughs> so I was quite stubborn. I am quite stubborn. Um, yeah. And I was just like, that's my kit. I can carry it by myself. So, you know, I must have spent like six to eight weeks just carrying this kit. You know, and it was like, You know, I've got a tripod over each shoulder. Um, I've got an assistant who's carrying another kit. And then I've got this huge red box that I'm carrying across site. Uh, I did that for six to eight weeks. And then the guys had still come up to me um, <laughs> and, and asked me to carry my kit. So after after I'd shown them that I can carry it, I was like, Okay, carry it, take it. You know, because yeah. I've already shown you guys I can take it. So where have you got to go? About a mile up this way. <laughs> So, you know, if I, you know, you guys carry it. I don't want to carry it anymore because I know I can, and you know I can. Um, so, yeah, but you've like, I was, your I was point. sorry.
0: You've proved your point. You don't need yeah, exact, to, but, exactly. At least they didn't abuse you. So at least, at least it was quite nice.
1: No, that that was nice, and and I had people offer to to swing a sledgehammer for me. Okay. As well, because we had to. You know, to, to mark things out, we were either banging pins into the ground or banging wooden stakes into the ground. And you yeah, know, obviously they see I'm not the tallest person. Um, so they must see me. One, I'm female, two, I'm quite sure, she's not gonna be able to swing a hammer. So they used to offer to swing a hammer for me to bang these pegs in. Um, I know they were only trying to be nice, but I've never seen I've never seen anybody trying to hit something with their eyes closed. So oh, I took wow. the hammer back. Oh, wow. I took the hammer back and just banged the peg in myself, honestly. Yeah. It's quite, you know, I know they were only trying to be nice, but they, they yeah. were not good with a hammer. Sledge hammer.
0: <laughs> they, they weren't fully, they didn't have their CSES hammer ticket.
1: No. You know, I don't know if anybody taught them to, to actually open their eyes when the hammer actually <laughs> hits the object. Um, I don't know. But yeah, it, it was, you know, when I started, I started where you had the old school mentality. Yes. I wouldn't say, you know, we had, it was it was quite a bully culture.
0: Who shouts the loudest, gets the most work done.
1: Goes Pretty much. School. I, I yeah. had the foreman on my case constantly. As soon as I'd started on site, it was, you know, just swearing at me. Um, wow. You know, just moaning about, you know, where, you know, just complaining, you know, there's no engineer on site, where's the engineer, should be on site at seven o'clock, you know, um, totally on my case every day um, until you know, I think two weeks, like two weeks into it, I just had enough. Um, so I started um, prepping a little bit better. I started setting out the points and actually briefing the, the chippies or the fixers. you know, on it the night before. Right. So, I, I, you yeah. know, it, it did actually spur me on to, to be better. Um, this style, working style, culture isn't for everyone. Um, but I had to, you know, I felt like I, I needed to toughen up and I toughened up pretty quickly. Um, yeah, I never got an apology been. because I was, I was pretty prepared one morning you know, he used to swear at me on the radio and where's the engineer? And I said, look, I've, I've really been there. I've done that. Um, he said, oh, have you spoken to these guys? And I'm like, yeah, I've spoken to those guys. And he's like, okay. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. And, and I think for, for me, it's just like, oh, okay. No, sorry. No, nothing. Just yeah. okay. I've done my job. Thanks very much. Um, But yeah, I, I toughened up very quickly and, and it made me more efficient i think i i grew some very thick skin um That's early on in my career balls. yeah because i i had to um in that day and age um being the only female on site you know it, so, I mean,
0: that, that was what what year are we talking about here so when are oh we... my
1: god 20... just roughly roughly so, 2000 1999 something so. like that
0: so i mean how do you i mean things are moved on quite a bit do you think do you think there's still that mentality in certain places or do you think we've we've moved quite far away from that
1: no i still think that there is that mentality um there is um i mean construction has an aging workforce isn't it so i think we still have people who still think that's the right way to work um maybe these people are set in their ways um, I have seen a cultural shift uh, within construction and I think people are a lot more outspoken now um, than 20-odd years ago. I think behaviour like that is increasingly becoming unacceptable yep. to to everyone in the industry. Um, but, yeah, and I think eventually that behaviour, that sort of bully culture... Um, there's not going to be a place for it it, no, it still agree, happens yeah. now um don't get me wrong I, I have seen people adopt those behaviors um I'm a lot stronger now than I was before um so I'm more likely to call it out now than I was before
0: yeah and you don't it's not I mean I've, I've seen it on site as well and it's I know I haven't been in the industry you know quite your tenure yet but um sadly I've seen it on site as well and it's kind of it kind of falls back on that old belief that you've got to be double hard to work in construction and you've got to have double thick skin and and I, I think to some extent you do and then the other part of me thinks people just want to go in do their work and go home and it shouldn't matter you know how you shouldn't need to have an argument or an, an, a shouting match or a swearing match on site to get a job done yeah
1: totally, totally agree um, you can have a conversation and explain what you need and actually get yeah. things done.
0: So, I mean, Sue, you're on the other end of this. So you're, I mean, for those that don't know, Sue is very senior. Sue's the head of temporary works for Multiplex currently. And you've, I mean, you've really worked your way up to that position, but I mean, you're in a real senior position now. And then do you go around swearing at people, Sue?
1: I don't want to oh. say yes or no. <laughs> I, don't, I I I I would say yes. Um,
0: oh, did you you took on that you, you you took on that star and adopted it for yourself?
1: <laughs> I don't. I, as in, I will. You know, I will go toe to toe with people, um, yeah. if I need to. I I wouldn't. I I don't adopt um, the bully culture at all. Yeah. In the slightest, is something that um, you know. It, for me it's just totally wrong it's not the way to to get the best out of people um you know when you say do I go around swearing at people if I need to um on oh, site I, you know because
0: me too. I'm, I'm just pushing your buttons no, <laughs> I, I don't I, 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 I don't believe exactly that what... you go around hollering and swearing and shouting at people to get things done I don't believe I, that I know
1: I know what you're, I buttons you're trying to push um but no it's it's you know People, it's it's quite funny because when people talk about swearing on site, um, I've been in situations where you're speaking to the guys on site, and then all of a sudden they'll see me coming along and they'll stop swearing and they'll say, yes. "Oh, there's ladies present." Yeah. So it's it's you know it, it's I guess it's them being chivalrous, um, but you're still treated differently because you're female so um you know it was quite funny because it it happened and i was i was in the office and someone was saying something and they swore um they said oh i can't you know apologise to me and said oh sorry ladies present and i literally looked over both shoulders both both shoulders and uh, i was like where you know (laughs) i was like i'm an engineer (laughs) and um one, one of the other guys turned around and said mate she swears more than you do. <laughs> so, like you know, for, for for me, <laughs> for me, if I if I got offended by somebody swearing, yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be in construction.
0: No, yeah, I, I don't agree get with you. Very but I mean, so to so your route, I mean, we started talking about your route. So you you started as a assistant engineer, graduate engineer. But how does one get to the dizzy, dizzy heights of header temporary works? What what else did you do? What were the gaps in between there that you filled in?
1: You know, I, I guess, um, you know, when, when you're working in contracting, um, you work, I guess, you get your experience on each project. And every, say, two to three years, you move. Um, but when you move, you tend to move upwards or you'd like to move okay. upwards. So where I've worked for companies and I felt like there is no career progression, but I personally feel that I'm ready to progress. You know, I will go and have those conversations. And, you know, everyone tells me it's about opportunity, right? So if there's no opportunity for you to progress, don't think I'm gonna stay static, you know, if there's no opportunity and the company's telling you there's no opportunity, then go and create your own. So I think where I've been told no, where I felt ready uh, and, you know, everyone does performance reviews and it's reflected in your performance reviews whether or not you're ready to to move up. Um, where that's been identified, yes, I'm ready to go up. I feel like I'm ready to go up. If there is no door or window of opportunity, I go and create my own. So, I've moved companies to get to where I am because I think when I started as a grad, when people start as a grad, people see you as a grad because they know you as the grad to start. So, when, when, you know, regardless of how long you've been with the company, they'll still see you as the grad that started. Um, so, I guess I'm not saying, I'm, telling, I'm not telling everybody to leave their current employer. Um, yeah but you know if you are static have those conversations with your employer to see how you can move um, and what scope there is to move but don't be afraid to move it's if... and that's
0: always a hard thing though isn't it so i mean people do get comfortable you do get comfortable and you get stuck and you almost think oh maybe the grass isn't greener on the other side so maybe nobody will offer me more money or a better position and and your testament to the fact that you can get a better position you can get more money you can get more seniority by just pushing forward
1: it's always greener you know sometimes you think that you may be moved and you shouldn't have but at the same time your decision to move or any decision that you make is the right decision for you at that current time that you make it you know in six months time you think wow. Oh, you moved and the thing is you'd have learned a lot more about yourself and a lot more about um you know your new role. So I think, you know, I don't have any regrets of me moving. Um yeah. I I moved because I felt it was right for me at that time. Um and, and it has been right for me at that time of my life to to move. But um yeah, I mean would you say the grass isn't green all the time yeah but it's green for a period of time
0: i think that's really powerful and so in terms of i mean you're very senior now but there's not do you think there's more women in senior positions now or there's still not enough women or what what do we need to do to create that shift
1: i think there are a lot more women in senior positions now than before that doesn't mean that there's enough. Um, I think for diversity of thought, you know, women think differently to men. Um, I think if you want to get um, a broad spectrum of opinions, um, you know, things happen, things affect women differently to men. If you want to really change for the better, you need to, to, to listen to, to everyone, not just, you know, not just the men, because I mean, PPE is a big touching point for for women, right? We, You know, having to fight for actually getting the right PPE that fits you, um, it's quite huge. Uh, I had a conversation before uh, with a colleague and he didn't realise that PPE was an issue because when he orders PPE the size that he needs it, it fits him. So he just assumes that women are all the PPE that fits them. But obviously men and women, you know, the, the body shape's different and things are cut different. So, you know, when we talk about things changing, you know, the mentality, there is a there is a mindset shift. Um, because you've got young people coming through asking questions like, is there anything that affects women that maybe I wouldn't be aware of? so that I can help pushing those agendas so that women can can be more equal. So that's the mentality that you want. And, you know, taking PPE as one, he didn't realise. So he asked us the question. And then he asked me if there was anything else that affected women that he wow. might not realise. Yeah. So, you know, having conversations with men um, that are thinking like that, you know, but also... Women, it's you know, it's it's been tests have been done, um, surveys have been carried out that you know, women at the board level, um it impacts your bottom line positively. You know, you yeah you you, you companies make more money, um yeah. it's all about money at the end of the day, um, because they have women in the boardroom. Yeah. So how companies aren't jumping on that, I don't know.
0: when you put it like that when you bring it down to money and say you make more money when you have more women in the boardroom it makes it seem like a very simple thing doesn't it
1: it is isn't
0: it well it is yeah then that's you're right that's the bottom line of all large construction company well any construction company the bottom line is money isn't it and i think your one thing you said on was about that diverse group and that diverse group of thought and you know, we, we talk about women because we are women, but we know diversity is a lot bigger than that. We know there's a lot more things in consideration, and with is we know we both know there's a lot of underrepresented groups throughout the industry, and especially in senior positions. I mean, you must you must notice it yourself. So sat, sat in that ivory tower up there,
1: <laughs> I don't see it on the <laughs> ivory tower. No, I,
0: Sue's very hands on. Sue's very on site, but she. I, I prefer. Sorry, she is very
1: hands on. I, I prefer, you know, projects where you can embed. The projects are where things happen. Um, yeah. the it's a different atmosphere than the corporate office. Um, you know, it's, it's you know, and I also think you know you have the corporate world. Um, you also have the project environment. They're like completely different worlds. Um, What you take for granted in the corporate world is not how it is on a project. Um, Different dynamics, different people, um, you know, different ways of working, I guess. You know, I would say the the PPE is one thing and then you end up talking about toilets all the time. It's my favourite subject. Toilets, yep, yep. You know, things that... the, the,
0: The storage cupboards, yep.
1: Absolutely. So, so these are things that, you know, affect, you know, women. I mean, is, is it, you know, enticing for women to come into the industry when you can't go to, you know, basic necessities. You can't, you, they, they diss the basic necessities, but you can't get into the toilet because you don't have a key or the digit code. You know, um, it, it's one of those things. It's It's something that we shouldn't have to think about, that we shouldn't have to ask for.
0: it's fun it's a basic fundamental it's i mean i've heard about women putting sanitary towels in their pockets and stuff to take them home because it wasn't sanitary bins and things honestly things like that it's just it's such a small thing but i guess given your level and where you are now and the fact that you've experienced all this it must give you room to make changes it must give you that voice that power of voice that not many people have
1: Absolutely. I, I mean, honestly, I think that everyone has a voice. Um, it, it's just whether you're confident enough to use your voice. Um, a lot of the issues that we face um, or, or, or experience, people don't voice those. Yeah. Maybe they should because more people will then, you know, realise that it's actually, it's not just an isolated issue. Um. You know, I was, um, last year I was on the, um, I was co-chair of the UK Women's Network um, at Multiplex and, and they did some amazing things. Um, you know, we we, we put in, uh, we had some uh, women's health uh, sessions. Um, we put on some financial sessions. Um, I think the, you know, our company is, is you know, they, they do really well with, you know, putting sanitary products on every project um so they're available so so you know that it's you know, i guess change needs to be led from the top um yeah i'm i'm pretty senior i do have a voice and i'm not scared to you know say what i need to say um to to create that change i, and think, I, you know, really, I think it's to... really
0: i think it's really important i think Having people like you in these positions does create change and it does create power behind these small fundamentals toilets, solitary products, etc. So, PPE and they're all small things, but they do really change people's lives. Because so, what I find is I think that the workforce, the people on site, yet yeah, everyone has a voice, but sometimes people don't want to be seen as being awkward. You know, you don't want to be seen as being too awkward about your toilet facilities or. This that and the other because you can become a bit of a problem. And we, me and you, know this can happen. You can become a bit of a problem, can't you? So that's why I think it's really important what you're doing from the top down because you're speaking for the people who haven't got a voice.
1: Yeah, I think it's it is hard, isn't it? Because depending on, I guess, how confident you are as a person, or or you know where you are at your, you know, it, it, during, I guess the stage you are at your career. Um, People don't want to say things to do anything detrimental to, to, you know, I guess, stop their career progression and things like that, Um, which is quite, you know, it's it's quite sad in in that sense that people think like that, Um, because there are certain things, you know, if, if people could actually, you know, say exactly what they mean without any fear of retribution... Um, or retaliation, you know, the world would be a better place and we'd change a lot quicker. But I totally understand, you know, that there are people that are there that don't want to say anything because they, they don't want to rock the boat because they think they're going into trouble or, you know, they'll shoot themselves in the foot because their their career won't go anywhere. And it's, it's as an industry, I think we need to change. Um, it, people should be able to say what they need to say um if, if it's really affecting them and, and there are some things that are affecting people and it, it really does affect their sort of you know the mental well-being um yeah. you know people don't want to go to work because of X, Y, and Z. you know so i think, I think, I think it's important really important it's really i think you've
0: touched the mental well-being is another angle of all of these small little things that add up to be big things so what I'm wondering, so if I'm sat here listening to Sue talk about her career and what she's been up to and I'm thinking, well, I, I want to be in a senior position like Sue. So I, I fancy a bit of that, working on all these projects. And I mean, I know it's taken you a num- number of years to 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 get where you are in mean, And I know it's, I'm not trying to downplay it. I know it's not been easy. And I know it's taken a lot of work on your part. But for somebody wanting to start on that ladder and and make a move and keep moving forward, have you got any advice?
1: Just go for it. Um, Don't think that there's anything that you can't do if you put your mind to it. I think um, from, you know, network with people, because there are a lot of people in the industry, like myself, um, who are willing to support people in their careers. You know, they're, they're, I'm, I'm one that's, um, you know, I'm comfortable uh, in my own abilities and I'm more than happy to help people, you know, up the ladder um, and provide any, you know, I guess any advice or, or mentoring or whatever um, to, to help them progress. Because it is hard to navigate your way. I I guess when I look back, um, I do what I do now because I think that was lacking in the early stages of my career. So I don't want people now to go through what I went through uh, in the early stages because I didn't have anywhere to go. Um, I had to, you know, grow thick skin very quickly. Um, I did a lot of, you know, I guess reading um, and and trying to get myself up to speed because I personally, you know, very determined, didn't want to fail at anything. Um but that's in me as a personality. Yeah. Um so that pushed me to to be better. Um but yeah I think for for anybody who wants to do something, you you can do whatever you want to do. You just need to put your mind to it and just keep going. Um I've had knockbacks before a number of them but i guess i it makes me more determined to to get there
0: yeah i think, i think that's i think what you said is it's about pushing forward isn't it and i think we all have knockbacks in life and we all not everything's as direct as it looks and and i know your route certainly wasn't direct and it it certainly took a lot of pushing and anything worth doing is worth doing well isn't it and it's it's i think for me i mean i think it's just about being brave isn't it from what i get from you so it's about being brave being bold and going for it Uh,
1: absolutely um you know if if you've got the passion and the drive you know you you can literally just achieve whatever you want to you know And, and there are people in the industry male and female that want to help you succeed you know, uh, you know, we're women here talking about it. And I know a lot of women who want to help other women. But there are also a lot of men in the industry that just want to help people, you know, regardless of gender. Um, And, and these are the people that, that I guess you want to associate with or spend your time with because that they, they will bring you along. You know, I know out, out there there are people that are smarter than me. You know there are people that are more academic than me but i personally i just want to see them thrive yeah. you know i don't feel threatened because i'm comfortable um in myself so you know you want to find these people you want to meet people you want to talk to people because everyone's had a different experience um and it may be that something that they've been through they can help you through
0: massively and i think you touch on networking as well me and you love a bit of networking but <laughs> It is really important, and you you do meet people who've done all sorts of different things and things you never thought of before from all sorts of different companies that just do want to help you, and I think that's really important. So I'm going to end on one really important question that I ask everyone, and I'm not even going to give you any time to think about it, but what's the one thing that we can all do to make the construction industry a little bit better?
1: Talk to each other. I think we don't talk enough. I mean, everyone say they say say they actually talk. I think talk to each other, but really talk to each other. You know, when you're working with people, you you just work with them, so they're there as acquaintances. But they have lives outside work. You know that they they have things that will affect them. But we don't get. I guess we don't spend enough time actually talking to people to to find out who they really are. They're just more acquaintances. And I think, you know, if you start talking more to people, um, understanding what makes them tick um, and actually understanding how they are as people, you know, you understand you you, you can just do more things um, because people are going through things. And I think it's, you know, I touch on um, mental well-being and things like that. And it's huge, you know, because the the pressures that we have at work and at home, you know, people don't understand those pressures. Um, But I I think in construction, people don't talk as much as they maybe should. Yeah,
0: I agree with you. And um, thank you for such a good answer. That is a good answer. And I agree because we work with so many different people from so many different backgrounds, and we don't take the time to understand where they come from, how they ended up there, why they're doing what they do, what their motivations are. And some of these things are really important. I, I, I love that. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. So You've been a fantastic guest.
1: Thank you very much for having me.